0: bid you welcome on this first Sunday of the new year. Like Janus we gather with part of us looking backward and part of us looking forward. We gather on the edge of the new year, saddened by our losses, cherishing our joys, aware of our failures and mindful of days gone by. We gather on the cusp of this new year, eager to begin anew, hopeful for what lies ahead, promising to make changes perhaps, anticipating tomorrow's and tomorrow's. We invite you this day to join our celebration of life, knowing that life includes the good and the bad, endings and beginnings. We bid you welcome. With these words by Sylvia L. Howe, welcome all those who have gathered here on Zoom this morning for our first Sunday service of 2022. Welcome to regular members of the congregation, to friends, old and new, to visitors who are with us for the first time today. And I know we've got the Horsham congregation with us this morning as well. It's a virtual away day of sorts. Welcome also to anyone who might be listening in via the podcast or watching on YouTube at a later date in the future. Hope you all find something of what you might need this morning, a bit of comfort, a bit of inspiration in this gathering. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat if you'd like to, or drop us an email during the week to say hello. Or you might try coming to one of our various online gatherings to get to know us better. As we always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable in this hour. It's all right to keep your camera off if you'd rather. It is always nice to see your faces in the gallery. And there'll be opportunities to join in as we go along, but no compulsion, it's just an invitation. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. And this morning I'll be leading a simple service of music and hymns, readings and reflections, sharing and silence. A service to mark the turning of the year. I've called it Good Intentions, as we'll reflect on that custom of setting our intentions for the years to come. Even for those who aren't big resolution makers, the new year might nonetheless be a good time to take stock. Before we go any further, though, I'm going to light our chalice as we always do whenever we gather. This simple ritual connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive and historic religious tradition of which this gathering is part. for the new year, just days old, beginning today and always beginning. We light our chalice, symbol of faith, perseverance and hope, in astonished thanksgiving and irrepressible praise. For beginnings that emerge out of endings, appear amidst continuity, become visible in hindsight, we light our chalice symbol of faith, perseverance and hope, in astonished thanksgiving and irrepressible praise. For all the times and all the ways we have begun anew together, we light our chalice, symbol of faith, perseverance and hope, in astonished thanksgiving and irrepressible praise. This prayer is based on words by lynn cox and you might first want to adjust your position for comfort you might want to close your eyes you might want to soften your gaze or look at the candle perhaps there might be a posture that helps you feel more prayerful whatever works for you do what you need to do to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now to be fully present with ourselves each other and that which is within us and beyond us spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being, as we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune into your holy presence within us and amongst us. This morning we give thanks for the gift of renewal. We give thanks for the ability to begin again, to start over, after each time of trial and loss, each season of struggle and sorrow, in the midst of such ongoing upheaval and the endless tests of our endurance. Grant us the courage to continue on the journey. The courage to act and speak for the well-being of others and ourselves and the planet we share. May we forgive ourselves and each other when our courage and care fall short. And may we resolve to try again. Grant us hearts to love boldly to embody our faith and our values in living words and deeds. May our hearts open to embrace humility, grace and reconciliation. Grant us the ability to learn and grow, to let the spirit of love and truth work its transformation upon us and within us. Grant us the spirit of radical hospitality, the willingness to sustain a dwelling place for the holy that resides in all being. Grant us a sense of being at peace in the world, even as we are in perpetual motion, tossed and turned by life's tempests. Let us cultivate together The strength to welcome every kind of gift that life brings our way. And all manner of ways to be on the journey together. And in a few moments of shared stillness now. May our hearts speak silently all the prayers of our lives. Our souls greatest joys and deepest sorrows. Our triumphs and failures, our regrets and fears, our disappointments and losses, our hopes and dreams. All of those concerns that are weighing on our hearts and minds this day. Let us offer up our deepest reality to the one who holds all. justice and peace. Amen. Time for us to sing together now. Our first hymn is The Tides of the Spirit, a gentle reflection, perhaps a continuation of our prayers. It's one which honestly names our uncertainty and it acknowledges the ups and downs we face in life despite our best intentions. This recording is by the Unitarian Music Society. Uh, We'll do our best to keep the Zoom room muted uh, so nobody but your neighbours will hear you. If you'd rather just listen, that is also fine. Our first reading today is a piece by Howard Thurman and we're going to do something we don't do very often. We've actually got a recording of Thurman himself reading this meditation for the turn of the year titled Long Live Life for us to listen to. It was recorded in 1963. The sound's a bit crackly in places, but it's a real treat to hear it in his own voice. Settle in for this one. It's about five minutes long. Um, and after this reading, we'll hear another hymn, uh, an appropriately New year hymn, uh, another slightly rustly recording, because it's Kensington Unitarians, our own congregation, singing, O oh, glad New Year of God.
1: Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. for the end of the year Uh, Long Live Life from my book Meditations of the Heart Uh, there is something which seems utterly final about the end of a year it means that we are one year older this is a fact definite and inexorable We are 12 months closer to the end of our physical time span, one year closer to death. It means that in some important ways, we are taken farther from or brought closer to the goal of our living, whatever that goal may be. It means that some crucial questions which were unanswered 12 months ago have been finally, And decidedly answered and whatever doubts there may have been about the result are completely removed now we know it means that we are in fuller or lesser possession of ourselves and our powers than ever before during the passing of the twelve months Experiences have come into our lives which revealed certain things about ourselves which we had not expected or suspected. Some new demand was made upon us which caused us to behave in a manner that was stranger to our established pattern of life. And we felt shocked, surprised, enraged, or delighted that such was possible for us we met someone with whom we built the kind of relationship which opened up to us new worlds of wonder and magic, which were completely closed to us a year ago. It means that we are wiser by far than we were at year's beginning. The circling series of events upon whose bosom we have been wafted, cut away our pretensions, stripping us bare of much beneath which we have hidden even from ourselves. When we saw ourselves revealed, there was born a wisdom about life and its meaning that makes us say with all our hearts this day that life is good and not evil. It means that we have been able to watch as if bewitched while the illumined finger of God pointed out a path through the surrounding darkness where no path lay, exposed to our surprised gaze, a door where we were sure there was only a blank wall, revealed the strong arms and assuring voices of friends, when we were sure that in our plight we were alone, utterly and starkly alone. All of these meanings and many more counsel us that because life is dynamic and we are deeply alive, the end of the year can mean only the end of the year, not the end of life, not the end of us not even the end of time we turn our faces toward the year being born with riding hope that will carry us into the days ahead with courage and with confidence the old year dies the new year is being born Long live life.
2: Thank mm-hmm. you.
3: Is by Unitarian Universalist religious educator Tim Atkins, and it was written two years ago and is entitled New Year's Words. New Year's is without a doubt the most meaningful winter holiday for me. As a religious humanist, none of the other winter holidays have ever really called to me, but to me there's something almost magical about the chance for a fresh start, a new beginning, the start of a new chapter. One of my most treasured New Year's traditions is coming up with a word for the year, a single word that I want to be the theme for my entire year. I started this practice five years ago and it's changed my life. It becomes a mantra I meditate on throughout the year. When I'm questioning what's the right thing to do, I will look to my word of the year for guidance. In 2017, my word was embrace. In 2018, My word was explore. In 2019, my word was delight. I was, putting it kindly, a stressed out mess at this time last year. I knew I needed to put myself first more and reconnect with basic pleasures in life. So I went with delight as a way to help me Be more mindful about finding joy and beauty in the everyday. I've decided on my word for 2020 authenticity. I want to work more at being authentic in all parts of who I am and focusing on living a unified life. And when in doubt, Over the upcoming year, because let's face it, 2020 could be rough at times, I want to remember to be authentically me. I find it somewhat comforting to have this solid rock for my year. It forces me to focus in on a value I want to live my life around, and meditate on the value throughout the year. It forces me to put my values into practice, something we all could do a little more. When I look back on my last few years, instead of reflecting back on the years in terms of usually negative events, I reflect on them in terms of values and the amazing things I did that year to embody that value. There are a lot of websites out there where you can look for more ideas for your word for the year if you're the kind of person to realize your words when you see it. Even if you think New Year's resolutions are a little hokey, I encourage you to try this word of the year idea. As a former skeptic, I can tell you, if you really take this idea seriously, it will change how you see your entire year. Tim Atkins concludes with a a few brief words of prayer. May we all be grounded in living our values in the coming year. May we all spread our wings to new heights in the coming year. May the fire of your commitment to your personal, religious and ethical values burn brighter than before. And may we all be authentically ourselves in
0: the coming year. Thanks Janine. So we're moving now into a time of meditation based on this idea from Tim Atkins of choosing a word, just one word to focus on for the year ahead. I'll offer a few suggestions to take you into meditation. Then we'll hold a few minutes silence during which time our virtual chalice will be on screen. And then to bring us out of silence, we'll hear a lovely waltz by our string trio, Abby LaRimia, Sydney Mariano and Rachel Spence. That's about four minutes long, so you can really relax into it. As always, the words, the images, the music, they're all just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. Once again, let's do what we need to do to get comfortable. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze, perhaps adjust your position, scrunch up your shoulders and let them go to release any tension you might be holding without knowing it. And let's take some time now to consider what might be your word for 2022. What value might you want to particularly focus on for the year ahead to help guide you? Is there a virtue you particularly hope to embody, a quality that you aspire to? Or perhaps a value that you aspire to notice more in yourself, in others, in the world. Don't strive too much searching for the right word, don't force it, just see what arises. And let yourself be surprised, perhaps. Maybe nothing will feel quite right immediately. You can always let the question linger in your mind over the next few days. Give the question some breathing space. And maybe something will pop up when you least expect it. But at least for the next few minutes, I invite you to gently ponder what might be your word for 2022. And if you do come up with a word and you're willing to share it, maybe you might write it in the chat box during our musical interlude, both to strengthen your own intention and perhaps to inspire others too.
4: Matters by Robert R. R. Walsh. I knew a man who had printed on his stationery the proverb nothing is settled, everything matters. It established a certain ambience for reading his letters, as if to say what you're about to read is to be taken seriously but is not final. I remember him and his proverb sometimes, especially when it becomes impossible to change the world or myself in any significant way. Times like the beginning... Of a new year. Sorry Jim, I say, it's not true that nothing is settled. In the past year choices have been made, losses have been suffered, there's been growth and decay, there have been commitments and betrayals. None of that can be undone. A year ago no one knew whether during this year one person would become pregnant or another get cancer or another would take a new job or another would suffer an accident. But now it's settled. On one day this year, I was present just when someone needed me. Another day, I was doing something else when I was needed. One day, I said something to a friend that injured our relationship. Another day, I said something that enabled a person to see life in a new way. The best and the worst of days is now written. All my tears of joy or sorrow cannot erase it. If I stay with my meditation long enough, the reply comes, Robbie! says Jim. You have misunderstood the proverb. It's true that you cannot escape the consequences of your actions or the chances of the world, but what is not settled is how the story turns out. What is not settled is what the meaning of your life will be. The meaning of a life is not contained within one act or one day or one year. As long as you are alive, this story of your life is still being told and the meaning is still open. As long as there is life in the world, the story of the world is still being told. What is done is done, but nothing is settled. And if nothing is settled, then everything matters. Every choice, every act in the new year matters. Every word, every deed is making the meaning of your life and telling the story of the world. Everything matters in the year coming. And more importantly, everything matters today.
0: Thank you Anthony. One more reading. Uh, This is a relatively long reading that is extremely fresh off the presses, only published yesterday. Some of you may already have read it in Saturday's Guardian. It's a column by Oliver Berkman called New Year, Same Old You. I thought it was such a great message that I really wanted to share it in our service today, it's worth reading in full, so settle in, it could be seven minutes or so, but I promise you it's worth it. It's the time of year for reinventions, or perhaps more accurately, preparing for reinventions, for buying the diet book, drawing up the new morning routine, bookmarking the therapist's websites, or purchasing the storage cabinets for the soon to be perfectly organised house. As with all attempts at personal transformation, new year or otherwise, this is the fun part. You get to experience all the excitement of becoming an entirely different person without having yet to put in the effort and without having failed. Like untrodden early morning snow, the vision of who you'll become remains pristine. Usually though, something inside you knows the truth. In a few days time, the whole thing will probably have turned into unpleasant gray slush. Personal reinventions fail partly for the obvious reasons. You set your goals too high, or your existing obligations at work or home get in the way, or you find, who could have imagined it, that the unimpressive level of self discipline you've demonstrated for your entire life up to this point can't magically be tripled overnight. There's also a deeper problem with quests for wholesale transformation, which explains why they rarely work as intended, and why, as 2022 begins, embracing the existing version of yourself with all its messiness and imperfections might be the most transformative thing you've ever done the core of the trouble is that schemes for constructing a new you whether in every area of your life or just one major one such as your relationship with your children or your physical fitness these schemes are always devised by the old you who by their own admission has some pretty glaring issues otherwise why would you bother to envision a new one You've got no good reason to trust this dubious character's thoughts about reinvention. Indeed, it's likely they're using what looks like reinvention to reinforce old hang-ups instead. And so, for example, your vow to become more productive this year might just stem from your old belief that you're obliged to fulfill every demand made by those people around you, when a better way forward might be to start strategically letting a few people down. Likewise, your intention to make this the year you find your soulmate might simply represent your conviction that you don't have what it takes to cope on your own. Even if it works, the so-called reinvention might only end up reinforcing the status quo. The Jungian analyst James Hollist writes, no one awakes in the morning, looks in the mirror and says, I think I will repeat my mistakes today. Or, I expect today I will do something stupid, repetitive, regressive and against my best interests. But frequently, this replication of history is precisely what we do. End quote. One consequence is that while you'll fail to pull off a total transformation of your personality, for that would entail the impossible feat of somehow jumping outside of your own life, you probably will end up feeling worse about the life you have. Jocelyn K Gly recommends taking the new year to take stock of the preceding year's transformations instead. As she wisely notes, focusing your mind on an imagined future where you're someone different makes your now self feel inevitably less than. The alternative to reinvention, making a wholehearted commitment to accepting who you already are now, this is liable to sound horribly cheesy. Or at best, like a matter of settling for a mediocre life. As the celebrated psycholo- psychologist Carl Rogers famously famously noted, the very opposite is the case. The curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. When you no longer imagine that you must transform yourself in order to justify your existence on this planet, you're finally able to do so in ways small and large. The stakes are lower now that your self-worth no longer hangs in the balance. Author Madeline Dore concurs, there's a quiet power in forgiving our flaws, missteps and perceived shortcomings. Often when we accept ourselves, we're likely to get the best from ourselves because we're better placed to look at what we need to thrive rather than change. Psychotherapist Bruce Tift suggests a thought experiment. Imagine whatever issue you struggle with now, the trait in yourself you wish you didn't possess, the behavior in which you wish you didn't engage. Imagine that trait persisting to the very end of your days. What if you always be something of a procrastinator? What if you never entirely lose your tendency to lash out at others when you're upset at yourself? When I run this experiment on myself, I feel deflated at first. Hold on, you mean I'll never get to the part of life that's problem-free? But then comes a sense of a burden being lifted. What a relief. I get to drop this stupid fantasy and focus on the real world, which is where real change can happen. The self-help writer Mark Manson describes how this might work in the context of social anxiety. Paradoxically, accepting that you're just not a confident person, you're always going to feel a little bit off around other people, This will begin to make you feel more comfortable and less anxious around others. You won't judge yourself and then you'll feel less judged by them as well. There's a kind of defeat that needs accepting here. A willingness to concede that by the perfectionistic standards to which you've been holding yourself, you've already failed. There's no going back. You'll never unwaste the time you tell yourself you've wasted or undo the bad things you tell yourself you've done, which is great because it means you get to stop trying to evade the unavoidable mess of existence and get stuck into a few worthwhile and pleasurable activities instead. The Zen teacher, Shunryu Suzuki nailed the matter when he told his students, each of you is perfect as you are and you could all use improvement. Yes, it's a paradox. We'll just have to deal with that too some wise words on how we might approach this new year by oliver Berkman. so one last hymn to sing together is a cheery old favorite good one to end on as we step out into a new year and face whatever it may have in store one more step along the world i go oh. Just time for a few announcements now. Thanks to our readers, Janine and Anthony, to our music scholar, Abby and her trio for today's lovely music. Thanks to John for co-hosting. Thanks to everyone who's written their words in the chat box, still time to keep on doing that if you'd like to. We have virtual coffee time after the service so you can stay and chat if you'd like to. If that's not your thing, as I said earlier, do get in touch via email if you'd like to say hello. If you can bear it, we'd like to take a group photo after the closing music, so do stick around. We'll be back next Sunday on Zoom at 10.30 as usual. We've got coffee morning on Tuesday at 10.30 on Zoom and there are still a few spaces left for heart and soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering on the theme of Epiphanies, seven o'clock tonight, seven o'clock Friday, even if you've never been before, never too late to start. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch during the week, drop each other a line, let's look out for each other as best we can. It's your last chance to sign up for our how to be a unitarian online course that will take place on six thursday evenings alternate weeks starting this thursday 6th of january we've got nearly 30 people signing up from all over the country so it should be a good thing the idea of this course is particularly to help newcomers get a sense of our unitarian tradition to find your place in it i want to encourage long-standing members to sign up too so that you can share your wisdom and make connections with others in the congregation and beyond There'll be some talk content, some shortish readings to look at between sessions if you've got the oomph to do so, but the heart of the course is personal reflection and group exploration of what it means to be a Unitarian today, so be in touch if you want to be part of that. All being well, we'll be having a hybrid service in two Sundays time, that's on the 16th of January, so save the date for that if you want to come along in person, and that will be followed by another getting to know you walk that afternoon after the service. Look out for more details of both of those events in next week's email. I think that's everything. So I invite you now to select gallery view for our closing words so we can get a sense of our shared community at the end of the service. Always there is another beginning, a new day, a new month, a new season, a new year. Forever the old passes away and newness emerges from the richness that was before. Nothing is entirely lost in the many changes life brings. What was in some way will be, though changed in form, perhaps. Know this, this moment is a beginning. And your lives, individually and together, are full of richness, of freshness, of hope and promise. And so, friends, in the days to come, may we sense that hope and promise and be ever attentive to those chances for renewal that are still out there waiting, despite everything, in all the mess and muddle of our daily lives. Amen.